Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Above180.com Storm Collegian Spotlight podcast. We're putting them together this time. Thought this would be great, just this one-time thing. We're going to talk to Vince and Brandon Biondo. They recently took over the doubles lead at the USBC Open Championships in Vegas. Brandon bowls collegiately at Wichita State. So myself and Steve Klemkin wanted to have them on. So, gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Above180.com and Storm Collegian Spotlight podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. All right. Well, big news is we're having you on as, as we tape this podcast. You guys are sitting in the leaderboard. You're number one in the doubles at the Open Championships. You guys put together scores of 657 and 754. Uh, guys, let's begin. That total is 1452. Let's begin with doubles and then I guess kind of work our way around the Open Championships. Uh, team, you guys, you're in sixth place currently team-wise. You guys had a very strong set there, 32-22. When you went into doubles, did you guys really think that a number like that was possible? Well, I mean, we came out strong, or we finished really strong in team, so that was that was good. I kind of struggled in team a little bit. I think I was just a little tight. Um, wanted to do so well with, with Brandon for the first time on the team and um, so forth. I kind of got loosened up by the game three, and then we kind of just carried that into the next day. But we had no, we didn't have a, a goal in mind other than to make stops you know, one at a time and just work together and have fun as a father, father, son. Oh, you know, no, not at all. We didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking numbers to be honest at that time. For me, I mean, first time being out there, uh, definitely going well in team definitely helped me. And I got my confidence going because I mean, I had nerves galore. I couldn't hard, sometimes hard to control nerves until, uh, until the moment actually comes. And, uh, uh, for me, yeah, it was just, all about making shots uh and when we started doubles i uh i kind of was ahead of myself and thinking way in advance which i think part of the nerves had to do with that but i mean my dad helped me there and calmed me down and then it finally got into a groove and we just we went with it and started striking well it sure looked like we got to you know watch the exciting finish there on the video uh at the end of your doubles and uh you know the one of the things that i noticed uh vince uh, you know especially your finish there in the 10th is you were really able to post up some good shots at the end and I think that's one of the things you know that a lot of people struggle with is, is trying to handle pressure so how, how how were you able to do that what what allowed you to, to get that focus and make that you know the solid great fantastic shots at the end like you did well you know again I kind of I got into one of those you know the cliche is you get in the zone I, I really didn't feel anything after about the middle of game one and I kind of just took it from there I made really good shots I made um, some towards the end of game two I had a chance in game two to shoot 270 and I went through the nose made despair and all you know but that's about the only shot that I really threw that wasn't where I wanted it and I just you know I just really focused on posting the shot and and I might have learned that from a good teammate from back in the day when I bowled on USA with somebody named Steve Plompkin. I don't know, but um, nobody nobody can post a shot like 
feet. So if I was anywhere close to that, I was in good shape. And that's all I really wanted to do was get up there and make a shot and just enjoy that moment. Because when I got the second one, it was, first of all, when I was, we were going into the tent. I knew Brandon, Brandon's a little, he's a fast person, so I knew he was going to go up there. But even though I was, he should have been first, I was going to let him go. And once he got the first one, he kind of got, took the pressure off of me. And the first one, I just posted it, and the second one was just kind of icing on the cake. But I just wanted to make sure to enjoy the moment. You know, as we get older, you just, those moments don't come as often. And it was, it was, it was awesome. I can't, I can't put it into words, guys. I really, I can't put it into words. But yeah, it was just taking my time and breathing and making a shot. And for me, really, I really didn't know what the number was, to be honest. I didn't know what we needed going into the tent. So I think for me, that helps me. Uh, make a good shot on the first one. Uh, the set kind of got a little amped up for the second one, and I, I got a little quick with my speed. And I mean, it, it could have carried it, but it didn't. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, I think actually, uh, what was key for us is the uh, the ball return that actually ended up happening. Because after my dad got the first one, he was so jacked up that I think the ball return let him settle down and took some time in between shots. And he really was able to peer the second one, and I think that would help him a little bit too. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, I, sometimes you know, that that extra time can help, maybe, on huh, Vince. You know. You know what? That that is a good point, and I think it was a blessing in disguise because some people are probably going, "Well, you know, the old icing the guy." And I, I was, it did. It slowed me down. It allowed me to process and and just kind of everything was able to come back down in terms of the heart rate and the excitement level. And he's, you know what, Brandon, you're absolutely right. That did help a ton. I wasn't thinking about it, but that's a great point. Um, I just, yeah. And by, like I said, by then it was kind of icing on the cake and it was just, it's, it, I'm telling you guys, I wish, you know, as we go through different successes in life of, you know, I really wish people could feel that moment of not only, taking the lead but then doing it with your with your son and uh, with Brandon was just amazing you know and there's so many people out there that love our sport and love our game and you know they would love to be in that position I, I really wish I could give that to people because it's an unbelievable feeling um, as a bowler and a player and as a father but man it was just wonderful um, and I really wish there's so many like I said there's so many people out there that love our sport and put a lot of work and effort into it. I would love to be able to just allow them to feel that moment because it was something. Yeah. Well, Vincent, talk amazing. talk about the fact, Vince, that you you know for team you guys put Brandon at the at the bottom at your at your anchor. So it's his first Open Championship. He's bowling with his dad. He's bowling on this talented team of guys with a great group you know group of people. And then you guys put him at the, put him in the bottom. What was the thought behind that? And Brandon, then for you, did that help or hurt you as far as you know, where they decided to slot you in the lineup? Um, you know, it was funny because I never really doubted it. There's something about, and again, I know he's my son, but he's just a clutch performer. He just, he's got a lot of his mom and his mom is a beautiful little assassin on the lanes. Um, and <laughs> she, it, he's got something that he can perform in the clutch and he actually stepped up. I mean, I watched him in the, Wichita State last year, not this year, but the the year before in his freshman year, and he threw in the in the Baker in the semifinals or something like thirteen or fourteen in a row. 
And I, I just, you know, I just felt he was the right guy for the spot. And I, I mean, the score proves it. He shot over 700 on probably for sure. The one of the most demanding team team patterns we've been on in many years. Um, I think Steve would agree with that just based on the scores. Um, I really never had a doubt of putting him down there at all. Um, he's just got a lot of, he plays, you know, at a high level all the time, no matter what it is, he's got a huge heart. He's not going to quit, um, no matter what. And it, it was just the right person for the spot. Um, you know, I originally was going to bowl lead off and then I made a last minute change with that. Um, but it worked out really well. And we bowled, it was our first time bowling together. I was telling the guys we were, we were joking around a little bit is that, um, I've, you know, this was my 23rd year, probably the first time I've been low man on the team, but the highest finish that we ever, that I've ever been, been on. So I'm like, okay, well next year, I guess I'll be low man again. I'm good with that. So <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny how it worked out, but it was, it was very cool for the kids on the team. And we had two kids on the team below 21. They couldn't even get the bracket money at the casino. We had to go to the USBC desk. I mean, it's fun when you have the young kids with all that hunger and all that um, incentive and, they just, you know, you just ride that wave. It was fun to be a part of at my age and stages my my bowling. So I guess for me, uh, bowling anchor, I, for me, it, it doesn't really mean anything. I think every spot in the lineup's just as important as the next one. But, but I mean, I can't thank the guys ahead of me enough, and I can't thank the companion team that we bowled with enough for the way we broke down the lanes and the way all ten of us worked together. Because in reality, it's not just five of us; it's ten of us because we all work together and. We're all really good friends, so I think that helped. And anywhere in the lineup, I would have been, I would have been fine for me. Now, was that you know, as far as philosophy goes, you know, you're coming off a couple of big years there at Wichita State, and uh, you know, Coach Vatican and Coach Lewis, those guys, they they put a lot into you know strategy and training and communication and all this stuff that goes along with teamwork. Uh, how important do you think it was your you know what you've learned in college and learned from the Wichita State bowling program that that is, has, you know, helped you compete on this kind of a stage? I think Wichita State has helped me a bunch. I mean, I, like they say, everybody plays a role. Everybody plays every role at some point in their career at Wichita State. If that has to do with you're in the five hole, you're leading off, you're, you're sitting out and you're doing the clipboard. Everybody plays a role and every role is important, just as important as the next one because it's a team. And that's, that's just what they push is team, team, team. doesn't matter about individual achievements so brandon this one will be i'll begin with you and then uh you can answer as well vince the pattern much is being made about how challenging it is is there anything in college on any of your patterns any any tournaments that come to mind that you think that was kind of similar to this we're talking team of course and then uh, vince any thoughts as well if you have anything similar in your years of experience of bowling the open championships that this pattern similarly reminds you of uh, I, this pattern was, uh, pretty close to majority of the patterns that we bowl on, uh, somewhere between 38 and 40 feet, pretty flat, uh, medium volume, uh, decent amount of hook. So it's pretty similar to what we bowl on, but I, I think tournaments like the Hoosier, uh, which is a big turn, the biggest probably tier one that we bowl is, uh, I think is a big key and it's probably the hardest tournament we bowl besides maybe sectionals and nationals, but they're. Patterns are pretty similar to, to those two tournaments. 
Um, for myself, I would say they were just a little flattered um, down lane early. Um, you know, I mean, the key is like Brandon stated, it's 10 people going, going to battle and breaking down the lanes and having a game plan and sticking with it. Regardless, it's putting aside your own preferences on where you need to play the lanes and putting the team and the people that you bowl with ahead of, of what you may want to be doing at, the, at that moment for the long-term success of the 10 people. Um, like you said, we all had a plan going in. We executed it very nicely. Um, we bowled on a pair that supposedly he said wasn't one of the better pairs in terms of topography, uh, 33 and 34, which we were kind of, when we first found out, we we're like, wow. Okay. But then we just, we regrouped and we're like, you know what? We got to go out and bowl. We got to go out and do what we need to do and what we know how to do. And we kind of, we didn't see it. I didn't see it. I mean, I saw the right lane might have a little bit more hang on it, but very little um, in terms of the difference in the two lanes. I mean, Brandon was pretty much locked into the last, into the last four frames. Um, three, uh, last three frames. Um, that's our granddad, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> <laughs> there, He's in Wichita, but so she's doing something back there. I don't know what. So, but that was really the key, guys. I mean, um, obviously, like I said, they were tougher, but doubles and singles was probably a little bit nicer. And I think going from the harder pattern to the little bit, I don't want to say easy because nothing's easy, but it, I mean, it, there's a little bit more out there, but you still got to work together regardless. Um, and that's really the key. Question I have for you guys: What's the uh, what, what's we still got about another five weeks or so I think before the uh, tournament actually ends. Um, what's that going to be like for you guys? I mean, are you are you how often are you checking the scores? Are you is it is it going to be pretty brutal here, or uh, are you guys just kind of pretty relaxed about it and just kind of sitting back? I'll I'll let Brandon maybe you first, and then Vince you can follow up. Uh it's going to be a long five weeks, I think, no matter what. Um, I will say that when uh, my little girl wakes up in the middle of the night around 3 a.m., I'm able to check the uh, check the late squad scores, so I guess that doesn't hurt. So, uh, so I'm, wa- I'm watching a little bit, but I, if if somebody catches us, I congrats to them. Can't really do much, but go out there and bowl your best. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, um, I'm looking at them. But, you know, with the bowlers, that I mean, just this past weekend, I mean, you you had all the McNeils. You had, you know, McNeils crew out there, phenomenal Hall of Fame. You had Walter Ray. You had John Zerbinski. You had Grant Angelo. Take, I mean, it's just there's so many people, great Hall of Fame players. And with the with the new rules and the, and the you know, with the, other, with the high level, top level CBA guys coming in. I don't know if any, nothing's safe. I mean, so it'll be a long five weeks. Um, but I think for both of us is that that moment in time, um, it's going to be, it'll, it'll be special because that moment in time can't be touched. We, we, as a father, son, we'll always have that regardless. And I think that's what I'm trying to focus on is that regardless if somebody beats us that moment, we left there in the lead and we left there doing what we needed to do. And it was, I've never done that before other than the team all events that we ended up winning. 
Um, I've never led any other event. So to do it with my son and I, I can't explain it, guys. I really can't. I mean, uh, other than it was awesome. And so then just, just going through your scores, so you guys had the big double set, and then you had to try to kind of regroup a little bit because by then you guys both knew, you, obviously, you took the lead, and then you both go on to singles. Brandon, you shoot uh, 7.05, and Vince, you shoot 6.58 in singles. What was, I mean, you, you would think that, uh, what, what, were you, what was going through your mind? What was the range of emotions like to then to try to, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that would feel like, but it has to be something comparable to when you shoot a 300 game and then you have to regroup and, and bowl again. Is, uh, what, what were you guys able to do to, to kind of get back focused down and then on a demanding condition make, a, you know, make, you know, make 36 more good shots? For me, I really just kind of moved on. It didn't, I mean, coming from a high to a low, didn't, it didn't really affect me that much. I mean, I started the, the singles event with the front 10 strikes for the next game. So, I mean, I had a chance to 300 myself uh, in singles. I ended up shooting 289, but it wasn't really a big transition for me. I don't know if it was just because I, I, was, I was striking so much I was able to just kind of keep the momentum going or, or what, but it didn't really see much of an effect. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's kind of what I was going to say. It didn't really affect him too much. I, that, I think that's the difference. These days, these younger players, they don't – I mean, it's – they're so much better trained mentally, physically, um, lane play, balls. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing group that's going to be coming up here in the next three to five to ten years because of all the knowledge and and everything. So, I mean, it didn't even – if I was the one who – I was affected more just emotionally because – of the high that it was to do it and sometimes ignorance is bliss you know when i when i first made team usa i didn't have a clue what i was getting involved in and that was probably a good thing and i think some of that carries over into when you when you haven't had some of that success and you don't know what's on the other end that's a good thing too but like i said overall it was just for me i only got too old for the game after um but uh it, it we you know what going and then it was refocusing to the team all events because we still had a shot at that. Um, I mean we came up a little short. But it, I mean 150 pins over is about what we were short for 45 games is only you know what three pin four pins a game. So I mean we had a shot That's with the right. last three to go. You know to to make team all events, so we had to refocus. But I was probably more. If you look at the video, because there's a few shots after, I'm back there hugging and I'm like, you know, kind of letting all my emotions out. And Brandon's up there just cheering everybody on still, like nothing ever happened. I mean, it was, I noticed that like the first time I actually had seen it pop up on my Facebook. And, uh, but yeah, it was, like I said, it was not easy, but he did it better than I did for sure. But it was great. I, you know, I, thought he was going to shoot 300. I mean, I really did. And then the second game, maybe you can explain a little bit what happened in the second game of singles, Brandon. I, I mean, for all five of us, I think besides my mom, we hit this transition spot where, where we, uh, we all had to ball change and go to something with a little bit of shine on the cover and, and move left actually. So it was like a double move. And uh, I got caught in a little transition in the middle of the game after coming light twice on one lane and then pocket seven tending on that same lane. Uh, had the ball change and move left and 
I think it was it was it was okay. It was a it was a decent move. I ended up getting the one eighty something that game, and it could have been could have been worse. It could have been better. And then the last game, just coming down the stretch, I didn't make the shots that I needed to uh, for the the all events for myself. But I mean, it it would have been beaten anyways by uh, Brad Angelo this past weekend. But it would have been cool to leave with uh, with that as well. But just some some physical stuff down the stretch on some shots is. Just not very good. And, guys, before we go, I do want to mention TrackMyRoll.com, a great bowling app. It's an app that's used for coaches and, more importantly, also used for players. But it's, it works on your iPad and on your Google Play, so you can go and download it there. It's recommended by USBC Gold Coach Ron Hatfield. It allows bowlers to track their different bowling balls. You can see different motions, shapes, launches, entry angle, laydown, break points, average speed, all sorts of cool stuff. It works great. You do not need a tripod, so that's a great thing when you're out there. If you're out there doing some practicing and just wanting to get some information and knowledge about your bowling balls, I want to remind you again, check out trackmyroll.com. Well, i got to tell you, for your first outing there, 2100, I can't think of many people who have shot 2100 in their first outing, so you definitely got to be pretty pleased with that. And, uh, and this is the, you know, it's the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast, and we do have a lot of younger players you know, who are who listen to this show regularly and are trying to, you know, figure out one, do they, you know, do they go to, to try and bowl and compete, uh, in college. And, uh, so I think we got to maybe offer a few words of advice, Brandon, if you can, for them, one, how did you select and choose Wichita state for your university? And then two, um, you know, what kind of advice would you uh, have for other people trying to figure out, you know, how do I find what's the right program for me? How do I get more information on a, a collegiate bowling program? And, and maybe some kind of advice for the younger listeners that we've got. Um, for me, uh, picking a school wasn't very difficult. I've always known that I've wanted to go to Wichita State, and I've wanted to go to Wichita State probably since I was uh, 12, 13 when I went to my first bowling camp at Wichita. So I think that part for me was easy. But uh, when picking a school, I think uh, getting to know the guys on the team uh, individually and as a group is very important, not just the program itself. Because uh, the program can be fantastic, but if you don't like the players on the team, then uh, then it can be a struggle. Um, I think uh, spare shooting is always key in, in what coaches look for. Um, I think that's a big part that will take your – take your game to the next level is making your spares. And uh, I think uh, just, I mean, depending on if you want to go to college and you want to, your first couple of years, maybe struggle through it and grind and battle and learn and get better. Or if you want to go to a team that you'll bowl on every frame and, and uh, you won't, you won't really improve or, or get better in your game. I mean, I think, I think Wichita is one of those programs where kids go there to, to get better. You don't. You, you might not bowl right away, but you go there and get better and and learn. And then my question will be to to both you guys, and you kind of alluded a little bit to some of the equipment choices you guys made. But let's, if you want to divulge a little bit more and talk a little bit about that, please do so. And then also, I know one of the other things, Vince, when we were kind of going back about setting this up, is I, I alluded to you my my stories of how I had to, you know, make pretty drastic ball changes and moves to the left. And you said you guys did not have to do that as much. Talk about how that was, how that is a key, frankly, when you're bowling these tougher events, to not have to make the huge moves moves as opposed to being able to make smaller moves and and just staying right in those same same zones and same area of the lane where you've been playing i'm a little bit on the higher side for my my tilt so 
So for me, it's all about getting the ball to, the, to read the lane early and getting it into a roll. So I used to I used a roll, which is one of the older balls, but it's still like a, it's a light bulb core with a with a solid cover stuck on it. And I drilled it with a very strong pin, so it was like a two and a half inch pin to my axis. And it just really helped me be able to throw it, throw it normal, but the ball did all the work getting it into a roll and kind of just facing up and stopping almost. Uh, I used that for all three games a team and a couple of games in doubles and singles. And then after that, I went to a, an IQ Tour, another solid cover stock. And it really it gave me a little bit more length and just smooth back end. I don't need extra help in the back end. I can kind of do with my hand. And then... Uh, when we really had the big adjustment was games five and a half and six. Uh, I went to a hustle, uh, hustle pow, uh, and had to actually move farther left and open up my angles and and just kind of let the ball do the work and just play my normal game. I mean, nothing nothing too crazy. I had a, I had a couple balls with me that had some different drillings on just in case the lanes got tricky or I needed a certain shape, but nothing nothing too crazy. Just kind of kept in front of me and, and played my normal game. I pretty much do. I started with an IQ tour. Actually, I started with a car. Um, and then I changed to an IQ tour and team. And then I pretty much did the same thing for doubles and singles. Um, I started with an IQ tour and stayed with it all three games um, on the doubles. I eventually had to change to a. Um, a different extra to an uproar, which was a little bit too get flip. It worked decent for a little while because I used it the prior year, and it worked out great. I shot huge last two games with it, so I brought it out thinking maybe I would have that, but I had a little too violent. And then I went back. To, I went to another IQ, a shiny one, and finished off with that. Um, with that, um, so that was pretty much what my ball. And then the other thing was more, I probably, if I had to do it over, I would have stayed with the original IQ and maybe tried to tweak my release a little bit, try to stay closer to what we had burned instead of getting in. It actually worked out well getting in as well. So we had, again, the same thing we did in team in terms of how we worked together on the lane. So that was the key to the to that. Well, awesome stuff, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time and joining us on the podcast today and uh, wish you guys all the best here. Like we were talking before, it's going to be kind of a nerve-wracking five or six weeks here, I know, going in. But, you know, with your training from uh, Team USA days in Wichita State, we'll have to use some uh, some of those techniques to calm the heart rate from time to time, I'm sure. But awesome bowling, you guys. Congratulations. And uh, look forward and hope your score holds up. And uh, thanks again and best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Let me just, yeah, so let me just say real quick. Um, first of all, good luck to you this coming weekend or whenever you're going to hit the lanes. I know you're going to do great. And um, it's just a pleasure to have you interviewing us is with the moments that you and I were able to share in our Team USA days. And I'm real happy that it was, you know, with you interviewing us as well as Tim. But there's a special bond and I appreciate that and want to wish you an early happy birthday. Cause we have the same birthday. So I'm going to do that now. <laughs> is, uh, how awesome is that? Right. Best day of the year, July 6th. So. <laughs> Thank you guys so much.
And, guys, as we wrap things up here, I do want to mention bowlingthismonth.com. It's another great bowling website out there. You can check them out. they got all these great bowling balls that we talked about. They did reviews for them. They have all the newest ball reviews, all sorts of great insight articles on the USBC Open Championship. So please check them out. It's Again, it's bowlingthismonth.com. Looking right now, seeing lots of great stuff from how to warm up good. Susie Minchu been on the podcast a few times. Also talking about uh, how to unlock bowling talent code. Another great piece there seeing. And, and uh, lots of great stuff up there if you're looking to practice and, and hone up on your bowling skills over the summer or if you're just staying geared and doing tournaments, doing regionals, doing all sorts of other tournaments. Your state tournaments are kind of going and in their finishing stages. But again, remember, check out bowlingthismonth.com.